Livermore Live Music presents Spotlight. Shining a light on Livermore's incredible music scene. Here are your hosts, Rob Allen and Kevin Snyder. Hey, welcome to Spotlight. Today the spotlight is on the Mondays and we have our special guests, TJ Tyler and Shannon Bradley. Guys, welcome. So nice to see you. Welcome. Oh, guys, Hello. nice to see you too. And I'm, I forgot to mention, we're here along with my co-host. I'm Rob Allen. I'm Kevin Snyder. Um, but you knew normally, that. Yeah, we did know that. Normally <laughs> on uh, Spotlight, we stop by pouring everybody a drink of something special that uh, we selected just for you. So uh, let's go around the room and find out what we selected for you today. Shannon, what are you drinking? Uh, today, my Instagram account informed me that uh, it is International Gin and Tonic Day. So I am drinking a gin and tonic. Awesome. TJ, what do you got? Um, I have a shot away from uh, the always amazing Altamont Beer Works. Yeah, nice. Kevin, what are you up? Uh, I have uh, the Standby Alaskan Amber. Very nice. Uh, beer. Very Mine nice. And I'm drinking a Fat Tire Amber Ale. So nice. to you gin and tonic drinkers, you know, welcome to the club or something. I don't know. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hey, um, before we get started, I, I wanted to do one thing. Uh, this is very unusual. We normally don't do this, but Kevin and I wanted to take the opportunity to invite you guys to join our um, hide-and-seek team because good players are hard to find. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so now we'll get into, <laughs> right, into the actual business. Um, I wanted to start off by just making sure that we give uh, a shout-out to the other members of Mondays who aren't here today. So just quickly, uh, and you guys can talk about this a little bit, but I um, wanted to say hi to Chad Dorado on guitar and vocals and Justin Anderson on drums, and you guys also have Tino uh, Casillas on percussion. Hi to you guys. Hey, guys. What's up with the rest of the Mondays? So here's it's what Tuesday uh, for them. <laughs> oh. uh, it's, it's like oh. Groundhog Day, right? Yeah. Um, here's what uh, I'm hoping we'll do today is we're going to talk a little bit uh, to TJ and Shannon about your personal backgrounds and how you got into music and, you know, sort of what led to us being here today. Uh, somewhere in there, talk about the Mondays and how that formed up and a little bit of the history of the band, where the name came from and so forth. And then we'll chat about uh, performing and writing and recording your, your songs and uh, finish up by talking about your plans for the future and what else you got going on. So that's kind of the agenda. Uh, let's start off with uh, TJ. TJ, tell us, you know, your story. Um, uh, born and raised in the Bay Area. We moved to Livermore when I was, I think, five. I had uh, two weeks left of kindergarten, but my parents decided we had to move right now. So I uh, was at the old green school in Springtown for a couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, Livermore was a much different place than it, than it is now. Uh, I could not wait to leave when I graduated. I uh, went to Livermore High School um, where I met uh, Shannon, actually. And uh, then, yeah, I don't know. And then you know. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, no, I, so I went, went away to college. Um, I, when I, when Shannon and I had a band together in high school um, called Lot 15. And um, 
I think as I was about to graduate high school, we had this notion that right, we're going to give this like two years. We're going to see if we can make this thing go. And then our keyboard player was like, yeah, I'm going to college. Peace out. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll, I'll do that too. I ended up down at uh, UC San Diego uh, where I studied mechanical engineering. Um, Shannon had moved down to Southern California uh, as well around that time. So we stayed in touch all through time when I was in college. I moved to Michigan uh, worked in the auto industry as an engineer for a while. Didn't stay in as much contact, but then I moved back to California in 2000. And it wasn't that long after that uh, Shannon and I got back in touch and ultimately set, set the pieces in motion for the Mondays. Fantastic. Uh, Shannon, what happened to you before TJ didn't know? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, we met in high school, um, and, you know, we were both involved in theater, um, and then ended up, you know, as you do, you just kind of like, I had, I had, I had played piano as a kid and then started venturing into keyboards because it was the eighties and you know, that was cool. And we kind of started working on collaborating stuff together because we were, I mean, we were friends and we spent a lot of time together anyways. And the, the other guys in the band, we were all kind of in the same group and, and it was just kind of this thing that kind of came together kind of organically. And uh, I, I think when we originally started out, I had no intention of singing. I was just going to play. And we tried a couple of different singers and it wasn't working. And it was just kind of like, oh, well, dude, you're writing the stuff. Why don't you just sing it? And then that's how that started. And then uh, when TJ went down to San Diego, I ended up working for a company, a wholesale foods company. They had me managing their uh, branch office down in Southern California. So that was kind of cool because I could just, it was it was about a two hour drive, Teej. Yeah, about that. So we could still hang out and see each other. I think we even jammed music a couple of times. We and did. then, like you said, everything kind of. We, we might have lost a couple of nights in Tijuana. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That was fun. Are you still uh, looking then, for them? And then when we <laughs> were around 2000, uh, in the meantime, I had moved back up here. Uh, stopped working for that company, went back to school, uh, was working as a uh, server at a local restaurant, and that's when I met Chad. And I had picked up the guitar and kind of started writing on the guitar. I had two songs that I was kind of like, wow, this is kind of cool. I like these, uh, you know, for something new as a new instrument. Uh, I jammed them for Chad one night, and I didn't even know he played. He picked up a guitar and started doing amazing Chad stuff that Chad always does. And I was like, holy crap, <laughs> this is cool. Uh, and then I called TJ and then uh, the drummer who was our drummer, Curtis Warden in uh, Lot 15. And we all kind of got together just on a whim. Uh, I had some downtime. Everybody was available and we gathered here in the basement and jammed those two songs. And by the time we were done, we were kind of like, wow, there's something kind of clicking here. This feels really good. And that was kind of the beginning of the Mondays, but there were some permutations. It took a little while to work through stuff, but I mean, that's kind of how we, we started getting going on that. So what year was this when, I mean, so now the core of the band is formed up. What, what year is this getting to be? one oh two. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And how did the name, the Mondays come about? <laughs> uh, that takes some time. TJ, be my guest. You did most of the research. <laughs> well, the research. So, you know, as most, as many bands do, right. You jam and you do stuff and then somebody says, hey, we should play at this thing. And in this case, it was going to be a block party at, the, at our drummer's house. And we're like, well, I, what do we call ourselves? I have no idea. Um, and Chad, <laughs> we got to pull that one out sometime. Chad kept a notebook of 
like joke band names that we would we would pour over. Many were horribly inappropriate. We decided not to go with, um, but it was also this balancing act between you want a band that sort of works for you and is interesting, but that isn't that somebody else doesn't already have. And so spent a lot of time back and forth on there's like a band reg, band name registry and we went we went and and there was no band called the Mondays. Well, we always rehearsed on Monday nights. It was just it was just a standing thing. So nothing really interesting or fancy about why we decided to call ourselves the Mondays. But when I went to register the band name, the Mondays.com spelled properly, uh, it was a teddy bear company and we weren't really going to, I didn't want to compete with teddy bears. So uh, we uh, decided just to change the name up a little bit uh, and came up with the Mondays and it sort of fit with, I, I think our vibe, you know, it's a little bit of a haze going on sometimes and yeah. we're just feeling the vibe and having a good time and we'll see where things go. And the rest is history. It worked out really well. And by the way, I would say uh, there's a kind stroke of fate in there somewhere that you couldn't originally find a singer because, Shannon, I think you've got a tremendous voice. I think it's sort of the heart and soul of a lot of what the Mondays does. And so there was some serendipity there for sure. Thank you very much. Uh, I think one of the things that I love about singing, especially in this band, is singing with, with Chad and TJ. I mean, TJ has been harmonizing with me since, since high school. And one of the things that I, I think that, I mean, most people won't notice it because when we play live, you know, you're just watching the whole band and, and you don't know the inner workings of how things go on. So like, you know, when you rehearse, you have a normal way of doing things. Well, I have a tendency when I'm singing live to really just get in the moment and change things on the spot. And that guy manages to follow me no matter what. Like he figures out, it's like he knows what I'm going to do even when I'm changing what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't mean to give short shrift to that because your harmonies, I mean, the whole band, but especially you two are also fantastic and always spot on. I mean, harmonies are hard to do anytime and especially live. And you guys are just fantastic. It's, well, it's when, Chad, I was when Chad adds in that piece, when, when, when he, well, especially when you're writing a new song, the first harmony comes together relatively logically without a whole lot of complication. But then it's when Chad unlocks what that third part is going to be that it just, it, it just goes to a whole nother level. So talk a little bit about your, uh, so you guys do almost entirely all originals. I don't, I don't know if you ever do covers, but you're almost entirely your own originals. Uh, talk a little bit about your songwriting process. Who, who are your songwriters? You know, do you have a normal way you do it or is it just everyone's different? It's really, uh, it's really evolved over the, the time the band's been together. When we first started, I was predominantly doing all the writing. Um, and then as we kept doing what we were doing, um, I started getting more collaborative with the guys and getting more input from them and getting lyric ideas and, um, and uh, arrangement and structure ideas. And then it really has now evolved into... I don't have to work so hard so I can just come in with pieces and ideas and then let these guys kick ass on it. And I go, sweet, cool. <laughs> I mean, it really, it, uh, it's, I enjoy the collaborative effort of it much more now. Um, and it wasn't like it was a chore to write songs. It was something that I was really driven to do because I wanted to come with something new for the band. It's like when we would get together and play together, that was always something exciting to have something new to work on. And then just to hear what these guys were going to do with it. Uh, and I could always kind of hear that in my head. I mean, I, we've been playing together so long. You can almost hear what the guys are going to play, but you don't always know what their ideas are going to be. 
and it's really an enjoyable process for me. I used to, I used to really kind of torture myself over writing songs. You'd be like, "Oh, this has to be a certain way, and I want it to be like this," and because you know, it, it's, it, was, it was almost, um, almost because you didn't want to let everybody else down. Like you wanted to come to the to the table with some good product. And now we can develop it together. We've been doing that since the second album. Deej? Yeah, and I would say, it, yeah, and by the third album, we honestly, when we got to the point where you're, you're filling out all the forms and who are the songwriters and all that stuff, by the third album, we were just like, these songs were all written by the Mondays, and it just, we didn't even bother to try and parse out who wrote, who wrote what. I think also that, obviously, there's a vulnerability as an individual when you're bringing an idea to a group of people, and what I would say Shannon has definitely gotten more comfortable with over the years is letting an idea come out and it doesn't even have to be fully, fully baked. Sometimes, you know, we, and we've all brought ideas together. One, one of the songs um, we have, I think it was from our second, uh, second album, I'll take the days. Um, it didn't, it was nothing more than just this. I had this idea. It was like, I'll take the days. And it didn't start from much more than that. Right. And you craft a song together. I, I remember I was uh, hanging out with um, Dave Haberman one afternoon at the Ale House uh, from Crawdad Republic. And he was telling me, he had a, he, sometimes they just have similar experiences. He just has this notion. He said, I, I walked in and I was just, he goes, we're all going to die someday. And that became a song. And, and I think there's more and more of that now for us. Now, what you're saying sounds, and the evolution, uh, to, you get to a position where you trust the other people in the band, you trust them to hear what you've done, even maybe if it's just an idea and not an entire song, but you also trust that they'll bring things to it that you didn't think of and the, the sum is greater than the parts. I mean, that, uh, Kevin, I would hope you would agree, that sounds very yeah. familiar. Yes, I do agree. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to ask Shannon, uh, so you talked about uh, writing on guitar. So what's your, pro uh, your primary uh, instrument when you're writing songs? For up until just recently, it's it's always been guitar. Um, I just recently I started returning to keys, and I've been doing since we've been social distancing and isolating. I've been really focusing on using keyboards to write some new stuff. And TJ and I actually were just talking uh, when I was driving home from work today about working on like we've got I've got some new stuff that I've been kind of piecing out little bits in their really raw, rough form. And it goes back to what you're saying about trust. I, it used to be really uncomfortable to present an idea that wasn't fully formed because, you know, like, all, oh, they're going to hate this and I, this sounds like crap because it's not polished and I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. Now I can just drop these kernels on these guys because I'm comfortable with them. I mean, they're my best friends. And right. so it's like, it's definitely, uh, I completely trust them 100% to hear what it's going to be without being worried about, like, oh, yeah, here's where I screwed up that note and I didn't play this right or I sang off key on that. They can get, I trust them to get the idea, and I trust them not to be all, dude, you suck. Yeah, and to me, that's where the very best songs come from, is, you know, somebody's got an idea, and you all develop it, and at the end, you look back on it, and you go, wow, no one of us would have or could have put that together, you know, it was the combination. Are, uh, are the other members of the Mondays involved in the songwriting process, or is it primarily you two? Oh, no, absolutely, everybody, absolutely. everybody gets a voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Justin's like, he's actually a pretty darn good uh, keyboard player in his own right and knows music theory pretty extensively as well. And um, often it, it'll be great. Sometimes we're sitting together banging out something and Justin's all, hold on, get out of the way. He'll go hop on the keys and, you know, 
I'm a, I play one note at a time and that's all I ever aspire to. But these guys will be like, no, it's a diminished blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whatever. But they, they work through these things. The, one of the fun things for me is I, the number of times that I get to just giggle with delight when Justin does that thing on the drums and you're like, Oh, that's it. And Chad, he'll be, he'll be, you hear this kernel of an idea and you just go, just wait for it, wait for it. And like 10 minutes later, he's all, okay, I think I got it. Let's try it again. And the hook to end all hooks comes out of that guy. And you're just, it's, it's a miracle. And we just love it. Well, you, guys have, you guys have fantastic songs. And then I've seen you perform a lot of times and your performances are always fantastic. You're all um, really good musicians. You blend well together. Um, and then you've got this, you know, sort of unique vibe. There's not anybody else in Livermore that I would say, oh, they sound like the Mondays. I mean, you guys have very distinctive sound. Uh, talk a little bit about your performances and, um, you know, uh, just sort of how you feel when you're up there. I'm, I'm curious about, like, what's the biggest audience that you've ever played to as a group? What's the smallest audience you've ever played to as a group? Uh, any, like, strange or weird or funny experiences you've had as a group? Oh, many. So many. To the point that was it a Wednesday night and that <laughs> the Irish bar in San Francisco was it? Ireland, Ireland Chad. <laughs> <laughs> we played to the bartender and one guy. <laughs> finally, I mean, we're like, well, so you get like, but that was the deal. Like, we show up and like, we're getting, you know, or this is our slot. This is where we're supposed to play. And we, I mean, we we put our performance out there. We did everything we did, and it's just one guy who's not even. The guy's so hammered, he's not even paying attention. The bartender, eventually, after that guy leaves, he goes. All right, boys, I, I think that'll do. Why don't you come to the bar and have a beer? I'm lonely. <laughs> awesome. Um, the first big, for us, big audience we played for um, was uh, when we opened for uh, at the Fat Cat in Modesto. Uh -huh. um, who, was, who was that channel? Pat Travers. Pat Travers. We opened for Pat Travers. Um, that was a trip. We pulled up and we're like, we are not this crowd. Like, what are we going to do? Should we change things up? And uh, our our producer and sometimes keyboard player, he's moved away now, was with us, um, Mike Kluster. And he was like, nah, just bring the Monday show. And we we sold every piece of merch we had. It was The place was packed front to back at, at the Fat Cat Modesto. And that was, I think, our first time where we're like, we do have something and you know what you, you don't have to be in the genre for that particular group if you bring what you bring with integrity and passion uh people are going to notice and i was that was a remarkably fun time i remember i think i think one of the things that uh that people like about our performances or one of the things that i heard repeatedly over and over again when people talk to us after the shows is they're like god you guys look like you're having so much fun and it's like well yeah we are like we don't put together a, I mean, obviously we don't have any choreography or, which would be hilarious, but we don't have like all, oh, this is what we're going to do. And it's all choreographed. It's just, we just get up there and play and we have a good time. And I think it's because we all love each other and love hanging out together. And, and that's when we really get to do like, cause otherwise, I mean, we don't get to see each other very much because we're so busy. Everybody's got lives and things going on and kids and, and, and so that's when we get to vibe together. And then, the audience, I think, digs it because it feels authentic to them, and we feed off of them too. I mean, it's—I love when that happens. Is where 
you're just putting it out there and having a really good time and enjoying yourself and putting yourself into the performance and the audience responds to it. And then you're like, wow, I'm getting this great feedback from the, from the crowd. And then you just kind of keep building off that. And then you end up with a show. <laughs> yeah. No, it's obvious that you guys are good friends and that you're having a good time up there while you're performing. And, uh, you know, with, with any band, you marry that up to being really great musicians with great songs. And, it, you know, that's just something that can't be beat. I've seen bands that it was obvious that they liked each other, but like, you know, they weren't that great. And, and it's, so it's better when you're great and you like each other, and you're having a good time. Well, and I've seen bands that have been really great and you could tell that they didn't like each other. <laughs> yes, oh. that happens too. Well, yes, clearly you're just, fun. you're just here for the paycheck. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. The fight scene in, uh, in uh, Spinal Tap, right? <laughs> hey, um, one thing that's funny i would say like you know you get people that you know we've all had family and friends and they they they've known you're in a band for years but then when they finally come and see you or they bring a friend and they have that you know the you they come and see you after a show and they're like you guys are really good they're like I, I know i've been trying to tell you we're we're actually a good band i think everybody's like everybody has a cousin who's in that band and whatever and you're like okay yeah but uh <laughs> Exactly. Hey, um, you guys have a number of albums out. Like, how many albums have you got right now? Three, three full CDs. Nice. And something in something in progress for sure. Good. Yeah. So, talk That's a little bit about you. Going to ask. Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to ask. Is there any in the pipeline? So Shannon already answered that. Most definitely. <laughs> Talk about yeah. your um, your recording process. I don't know if it's been the same for all three or if it's evolved over time. But um, how do you how do you get your tracks laid down? You know, who does your mixing and your mastering? How does that all process come together? It's been it's been different for every album. Uh, the first album we did everything here in the basement with a really simple, basic uh, Pro Tools rig. I think we had basically just stereo ins. Um, I think so. Yeah, and then we so we we multi-tracked off of a uh, live live drum performance. Mm -hmm. um, the second album was a big game changer for us. Um, we enlisted um, Mike Kluster as a producer. Uh, he's the keyboard player for Smash Mouth and he was a really like in the music community of Stockton, just really well known and, and a foundation of playing with a lot of bands, recording a lot of bands and being very, um, prominent and proactive in the Stockton music scene. And when Jay started drumming with us, um, he, we had a tune that we were developing and he played it for Mike and Mike wanted to work with us. And Mike, we kind of turned everything over to Mike because we hadn't done that before and took ourselves out of the equation. And we were like, listen, uh, we were really indulgent with the first album where the songs are long and like not a lot of, um, there was nobody really steering. It was kind of a free for all. And then, he took the, the reins and we said, listen, we're going to turn ourselves over to you and we're going to play all the stuff that we're doing and we want you to make changes or make edits or do arrangements or whatever you think it needs, then go ahead and do that. And it was, and that was hard for us because we had had complete control over everything. And I got to say, the entire band really turned themselves over to the idea of let's do this album from beginning to end and let Mike be the boss. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that album was a big game changer for me, especially for learning about recording processes and uh, song development. And it's okay to let things go. Like, even though uh, it was, and that was hard being some, you know, writing a lot of the songs was, well, that this is my idea. And this is, and he's like, oh yeah, but it, I don't, it, it's not working for me. 
Like he's all, you're married to this part. Uh, you can, you're, you're welcome to challenge it. My, my decision or, or my questioning, you're having that part in there. Um, but let's record it both ways and listen to it. So we pre-recorded the entire album as a demo and then went back and took that demo into a professional studio at Studio C here in Stockton and then multi-tracked the drums there and then started laying down all the parts that we had sussed out in the demo recording uh, multi-track-wise at, um, at Mike's place. And then that further evolved into the third album where we did kind of the same thing because we were familiar with the process, but we didn't have to completely demo record the entire project first. And then we split up some of the recording by doing some of the recording here in our, our studio uh, at my house in Stockton and took the reins on that and, and kind of had a better understanding of how to, to self-produce. But we still, I mean, we still sent all the tracks out to Mike and Mike did all the mixing and TJ, did he do the mastering or did the, we have the mastering done by um, Disc Makers? The second album, the first album we did all through uh, Disc Makers and they did that. The second album we produced, they did the mastering and the duplication. The third one, I had always been unimpressed with the mastering on the second album. It just, it, something was off, it didn't sparkle in just the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mike had a guy I don't remember who he was from, but we had a, another guy master the set, the album separately from Mike who produced and uh, mixed it in that one. In that case, actually Mike had moved down to Los Angeles and we finished the album essentially remotely. And we were sending him stems that we would record in the studio. Um, and then the big push to get the album finished uh, and then sent off for, for duplication and mastering. Um, that was like I almost, I think it was like, like two weeks. We were over at Chad's like, often in the afternoon listening to tracks and he'd send back, make notes, send them back. And actually the first master that came back from that third album stank. I remember getting it. I was so excited and I wanted to listen to it in my car first. Cause that's what I, I, I know what I like to hear in my car. And I, I'm sitting in my driveway and I'm all excited and it just sounded muddy and boomy. And I was like, I, I don't like to be the guy that does this, but this isn't going to work. And so we had him remaster it and it, and it was just, it was, it was much better, but I, I love the process of recording music. Me too. Uh, the, the dynamic of the interrelations of all the personalities and opinions is challenging. And, you know, if a band can get through recording an album, heck, Shan, I'm, sometimes I'd think our, our first album probably came, came close to ending our relationship. <laughs> Dude, I'll never forget, y'all. I love you, but I can't be—I can't be near you right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's I'm gonna uh, go outside. I'm gonna come back. <laughs> yeah. It is time for Kevin's corner. Already? Yeah. It's time for Kevin's corner. So this is a little segment that I like to call Kevin's corner because I'm Kevin and I'm welcoming you into my corner where it's always warm. It's 90 degrees all the time. Uh, Not in my house. It was built in the 60s, so they're not. Uh, But this is where I get a chance to delve in deep into your psyche and and really pull out the important, exactly, TJ, the important information that our listeners are dying to know. So are you ready? I think so. I got, I got some questions here. So yeah. the first one, is it or is it not grammatically correct 
to capitalize the seasons? Hmm. I think, I think they're supposed to be capitalized. I think so too. I don't know if there's a right answer or not. I'm diving into your deeps. What, what, feels, good? what feels good to you, Kevin? What feels good to you? Uh, okay. Now this, this next one, I'm going to have to read a little closer because I can't remember all this. Would you rather come face to face with a miniature hippopotamus or a giant cockroach? Oh, well, yeah, miniature hippopotamus. Mini for hippo. Wait, wait, wait. Mini I'm hippo for sure. Oh. I'm not done. Oh. Both are in a bad mood. Or a what? Both are in a bad mood. Oh. I'm still picking the hippo. Yeah, because giant cockroach, creepy. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like I, little cockroaches. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> what, was, what was the joke I just saw today that uh, – uh, the wife is saying her husband saw a cockroach, thought he, she saw, or he saw a cockroach in the kitchen, so he was scrubbing it down and everything like that. So now she's going to put a cockroach in the bathroom. <laughs> so that would that would be what my wife would do. So uh, pull out your inner um, inner Webster's dictionary here. Define zeitgeist. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, pass. <laughs> zeitgeist. Rob knows. Rob knows what zeitgeist. I would, I would is. like. To, I would like to know Rob's Rob's definition. So zeitgeist is it's the meaning of the times. It's a German word meaning the the meaning or the feeling, the sense of the times. Yeah, oh. like the, the zeitgeist of the '60s, you know, kind of thing. Okay, I don't know uh, if I can give so you. A you word. also learn a lot in Kevin's corner. <laughs> it's family. You learn family. a lot. Or as Johnny said, hashtag thesaurus. Click in the description. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the lamest dessert that anybody has tried to pass off on you as dessert? Oh, I know that answer. I, All right. I, was in, I was in China on a business trip, and it was frog fat, like these little frog Ugh. fat balls in Whoa. like a broth. <sighs> All right, you win, TJ. <laughs> <laughs> It was there was there any garnish on that? Or? I just remember right. it. they were floating in some broth, and they were like, oh, you'll love it. It's a real delicacy. So we don't want to spend a lot of time in Kevin's Corner because it's kind of warm in here. Um, so I got two more questions for you. Um, in your burrito, black beans or refried beans? Oh, black beans. Same. Oh, Same? Black, black beans. All right. Last question. In an Elmo voice, tell me how you like your coffee. We'll start with you, TJ. I only like lots of cream and sugar. That's great. All right, Shannon. Black, Kevin. Definitely black. <laughs> oh, All are right. Thank you guys for coming into my corner. And uh, this is the one time where I get to talk. So otherwise, I'm just sitting here looking pretty. So thank you, guys. Somebody's got to do it, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Right. So you guys should start an Elmo tribute band. That would be. <laughs> that would be awesome. we, uh, what was the song that we did? Uh, there was a leftover helium tank in the studio with a bunch of oh, bad ideas. Yes. That was, uh, we had been laying down vocals for 209 Party. And that's right. Three part harmony. And we actually recorded them all. We 
stood all around an array of microphones and sang them live. And then we passed the helium tank around and sang it with harmonies in helium voice. It was, it was awesome. I wish that somebody's got to have that. That's got to be around somewhere. I got to find that. That was funny. Oh, that's not going to be on your fourth album? Nope. Oh, not a bad idea. Instead of of audio effects, we'll just do organic helium effects. Like, no (laughs) auto-tune, just helium. That would be awesome. Helio-tune. Helio-tune. Okay, so so Kevin mentioned Bad Joke Pass Around, uh, which it's time for. So what I want you to do is open up your chat window. So down there on your screen, yeah. Um, and you should see uh, a series of uh, bad jokes. And uh, so pick one and tell it or pass or dance or, you know, whatever you feel like. Who starts? Shannon, 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 Shannon you go first. Oh, okay, uh, let's see. The prophecy class was canceled due to foreseen circumstances. <laughs> um. I only know 25 letters of the alphabet. I don't know why. <laughs> That's a great joke. A Do we just keep going? Can we keep riffing? Uh, no, well, I got a turn. Kevin's got oh, a turn. Go, Kevin. I went to the Air and Space Museum. There was nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now I do bad jokes all the time, so I'm going to pass on this. But Shannon, you get another shot. Okay. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity and I can't put it down. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. You can let go of it, but you can't put it down. <laughs> <laughs> so, a synonym strolls into a pub. See, that's, <laughs> I'm the only one smiling, but I, I, those are so funny. That's no, great. I had heard it. Oh, all right. Oh, I'm sorry. Just right. because I didn't laugh doesn't didn't. mean I didn't get it. <laughs> Number 423. <laughs> all right, Kevin, one more. Oh, I already closed my chat window. I'll pass. Oh, did you? Oh. <gasps> well, Shock. If, if, Kevin, if Kevin still had his chat window open, he, he would have said, um, I stayed up all night to see where the sun went, and then it dawned on me. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's bad joke pass around a la Zoom. Hey, tell I us. I think it worked well. I think it worked well, Rob. Yeah, we should do it this way all the time. No. No, I agree. I missed the hat. I, I should have had the hat. I, you know, oh, well. Hey, talk a little bit about, uh, about your plans for, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a little hard to, to uh, plan the future right now, but uh, best you know, uh, you know, what you were thinking about, uh, where are you guys going in 2020 and beyond? You alluded, you got another album in the works? Take it, Tej. We were just talking um, Yeah, we were just talking about this. So we... Um, Leading into the two-day town 2018, which was the last time we had a proper two-day town, um, we wanted to do something super special. And so for those that that were there, um, we hired a friend of ours who's done horn arrangements for us before to write some new horn arrangements on some new tunes, uh, as well as uh, horns on some songs that we had that didn't have horns on them before. And so we went into the studio thinking maybe we would uh, lay those down and we tried a slightly different approach where we set up and tried to record all the, all our main parts live uh, at, we, we called it Little People's Studio. I think it's called Audio Voyage now in, uh, in Livermore. And uh, we're trying to figure out whether we want to finish that or um, work on new stuff. The, Shannon and I were talking today, the, 
the sort of shelter in place has gotten us thinking about, you know, let's try and actually collaborate remotely now. Um, most of us have uh, audio recording capabilities at home. And so we're, we're going to do, you know, new song, new song pass around, I guess is probably what it'll be. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, any other thoughts, Shannon, on that? Yeah, no, I, well, what we were, what he was just saying, we were briefly talking about today on the phone is uh, I've been working on new tunes and we're like, well, we can't get together. So what if we, in a format that digitally we can send to each other and everybody kind of adds something, adds an idea. And we, I mean, we could eventually end up putting together almost, I mean, we could record it in a, in a demo fashion um, remotely without ever being in the same room together. And We've got some tunes that we've been working on uh, that we're going to continue to, to kind of delve into that since we can't all get together in the same room and do it, which is a little bit weird. Like um, we're used to the immediate feedback response of ideas flowing and, hey, what if we tried this thing right there? And, and instead it's going to be, here's the, here's the kernel of the idea with the basic idea and then you send it on to the next person. They add something to it and then send it back or send it to the next person or have some notes and some ideas. And uh, we are, uh, I definitely want to finish the stuff that we started too, that TJ was talking about <clears throat> with some tunes that were newer tunes and then adding horns to them. And I think a collection of all those together, I think I, this is all uncharted territory for us because we're always used to being together. So, and I imagine for a lot of people in the same situation right now, everybody's kind of adapting. And I think having the uh, ability to do this electronically is really kind of cool that we're, you know, I mean, I've always taken for granted that, hey, we'll get together on the weekend and we'll just work on this new thing or we'll jam and we'll have a good time. And well, now we can't do that. So this is, this is kind of a new idea of let's record it, individual pieces and pass them on to the next person and then see what they do with it. Right, right. I mean, this is a terrible human tragedy that's going on around the world, but um, there have been a couple of silver linings, and one is, I think, for a lot of musicians, we're learning or, or forced to work with uh, new ways to collaborate that we hadn't thought of or considered in the past. Um, you know, so, so we learn something, and maybe we get some good songs out of it. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's challenging, and it's, uh, but it's, it's just a different way of doing something that we've always done. Right. I know a band awesome. called... Which I'm curious to see how it works out, too, because... Uh, normally, since we do it all together, now it's going to be the idea passed to the next musician. Now it's they get to, in solitude, almost work on their idea without any outside influence or, you know, worrying about, I mean, you completely get to just sit down with what's been given to you and kind of go, yeah, well, what do I hear in this? And what do I hear my part in this? And what's inspiring to me about this? What I want to change about it? Right. Yeah, there's pros and cons to the to the remote collaboration approach. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see for everybody kind of what comes out of it. Well, yeah, one thing also, like a lot of what I tend to do also is I'll, I'll weigh in, I get these harebrained ideas as it relates to uh, arrangements and song arrangements and, oh, that part actually, let's make that be a bridge, not a pre-chorus. And what if we try that? And so we'll, we'll move and architect things around. It's gonna be uh, a whole different animal, you know, in this way, trying to piece those things together. But uh, the other thing that's cool is, I mean, listen, everybody, people's lives don't tend to get less busy, you know, from one month to the next. And depending on how this goes, it maybe presents us with an opportunity to collaborate even more and work on more, on more music. 
you know, sometimes you'll go, and especially like last season was the busiest performance season we had ever had. And we didn't rehearse for like five months because we were just playing shows out all over the place. Um, and so maybe it gives us a chance to do more creating in the, in the gaps. Right. Right. Hey, I want to take a moment and uh, go off on a tangent, but we always like to do a little, uh, a uh, little more live music tips and tricks segment. And so today I wanted to mention on the website, the Livermore Live Music website, um, there's more there than just the list of the gigs. That's the important thing, who's playing where, when. But uh, if you're ever there and you go up to the upper right corner on the menu, there's a thing that says other. And so click on that and it'll pull down a menu. And there's a bunch of other things that we've got going on under the Livermore Live Music umbrella and you can find them all there. So the three that I want to mention are Spotlight, which is this show and our chance to talk to, to bands and venues and the people who who bring you live music in Livermore. And you can find all of the Spotlight episodes there. Um, we've also got a piece called On Stage, which is live performances by, you know, Livermore artists. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff there. Some of the Corn Stock episodes that Kevin and I have done in the last couple of months, but also performances from FebFest. And over time, hopefully that'll build up to a lot of, of interesting stuff. And then we have a piece called uh, Front Row Seat, where we've got a, a guy named Jim Aiken, who, if you don't know, uh, is a great uh, musician, uh, composer, arranger, but he was also a writer and an editor at Keyboard Magazine for a long, long time. And, nice. uh, and he's been doing reviews of live music performances in Livermore, uh, really insightful, interesting uh, reviews. And there's some other stuff there too. But anyway, if you're on the website and you're bored beyond belief sometime, click on the other thing and follow some of those links and see some of the other uh, information and pieces that you can find there. Hey, uh, last word. Uh, let's go around. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Questions that we should have asked, but I wouldn't shut up, or uh, kind of anything you want to get on the table. Uh, Shannon, why don't you start? Sure. Uh, I would like to most definitely say that uh, it's a great pleasure and honor to me to get to play with my best friends and create music together. And one of the things that always blows my mind is uh, that we have fans. And that they come out to shows and that they are that they dig us and they are so appreciative and I'm so appreciative of them. I mean, they come out, they they see us, not only do they just they don't just sit there, they dance, they have a good time. Like I love Monday's fans. Not because they're our fans, but I love them and the way they they love music. Because they don't just love us, they love a lot of other bands and they go out and they support them locally. And that's so important. Man, it's I mean, it's cool to get up there and do your art and and I would do it anyways. Like I said, like TJ was saying, like Chad and I played for one drunk guy at a bar and the bartender. But when you've got, even if it's just a handful of people or a larger crowd that is just digging what you're doing and they're letting you know, man, that's the best in the world. And so I'd like to say thank you to them. <laughs> Aww, that's beautiful. You know, right on though, yeah. TJ. Um, you know, one thing I'll, I'll, I'll mention, we get asked a lot about, you know, what are our, our influences and you know what's that there is something that even I can't quite put my finger on it what is the Monday's sound what is it that makes our our music our dynamic whatever it is uh what it is and I think a lot of it uh originates from the fact that as the five individuals that we are our musical tastes individually like what our playlists look like don't have a ton of overlap I mean there's some there's some classics that we all love right um 
but you know, sometimes we just love giving each other hell over why would you listen to that? Um, and you know, I love, like, I love a really good well-crafted pop song, but you know, other folks in the band might be all, that is the biggest waste of time, but it's some magical combination of these, this, this Venn diagram that has just the right amount of, of intersection. And that's where Monday's songs come from. And, uh, I, if you go through my playlist and you look at, you know, most played, I'm not going to lie. My, my music is among the most played. I, I love the music that we write. Uh, I love listening to it, you know, known warts and all. And, uh, and I, I think that's part of what makes us sound the way we do. One of my, one of my favorite things actually about the music that we all listen to is it's funny as hell to me, the things that we hate. <laughs> <laughs> I won't bring up who you hate, but man, it cracks me up every time. <laughs> oh, but it's fun for you. So listen, I am not a huge Phil Collins fan. I'm not going to lie. And I don't know why, but it brings me such delight to see <laughs> Chad get so upset <laughs> trying to defend Phil Collins. And sometimes I'm just trolling him. But <laughs> Push that button. Push that button. I love that. <laughs> hey, Kevin. Yeah. La the last, last word is yours. Really? Yeah. Again, thank you guys. Thank you, Rob, for for uh, you know putting this all together and everything like that. Oh, you helped. And me. getting getting uh, great people like Shannon and TJ on here. Um, I have a great time doing this. I hope you guys had a great time. You know, jumping in here into the deep end of the pool with us. <laughs> Amen. But uh, other than that, oh. One uh, tip for um, um, Livermore Live Music. Uh, maybe put those things on the, the other on the front page. Oh, yeah. So you got Spotlight on there. Maybe just so, so a technical issue. I, sorry. I I'm, thought, I'm, a, I, I'm a programmer. I, so No. I, oh, me too. I know. It's a, it's a curse. I thought on stage and uh, front row seat were, I thought if you scroll down the, the homepage, they were there. Oh, maybe they are. I well, never I, get that far. See, that's how bad it is. <laughs> we don't even remember what our website looks like. Well, I'll look, and if they're not there, I'll, I'll put them there. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. Yeah, very good. So you, thank you guys so much for showing up. We really appreciate your time and your honesty and your stories. This has uh, been fantastic. I also want to thank Advanced Creative. You know, Normally, we, we record in their studios. Uh, it's crazy times, and we weren't able to do that. But they are always present. They're behind the scenes. They do post-production on everything that we do. They make us look good. They make us sound good. So thank you, um, Advanced Creative. I also want to sort of randomly, but I want to throw out a huge thanks to Zoom Incorporated or whatever the, that company's name is. Uh, you know, talk about being in the right place at the right time. They have this, uh, to me, wonderful platform. It's stable. It works well. The price is right. Uh, they're taking some heat in the media these days over, you know, some issues with their security or whatever. Hey, they didn't, they didn't sign up for this. They thought they had a, a business platform and, you know, a certain number of users. And all of a sudden, everybody in the world is on Zoom. And yet, it's still up. It's still working. We, Livermore Live Music, are doing lots of stuff with it. But I'm and Kevin's meeting with each other. And, you know, so I'm babbling too much. But a big shout out and a big, huge thanks to Zoom for doing a great job and being in the right place at the right time. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, again so much for uh, being here. And um, hopefully I'll say we'll see you next time. And hopefully that'll be up close and personal. Everybody take care. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, everyone.